Welcome back, SPC Nation. Before we get into today's episode of the Second Print Comics Podcast, I gotta stop you for one second and tell you to head over to our brand new sponsor's website. The website is foxandsons.com, F-O-X, the letter N, S-O-N-S.com. What do they do? They make fantastic coffee beans and they deliver them right to your door. He doesn't make the beans, let's be honest. He sources them from amazing, incredible sources, but he gets them right to your door, I'll tell you that. And they're fantastic. I get these two-pound bags delivered to my house every single month. And right now, Steven is offering a special deal, $4 off any subscription to these two-pound bags, or you can use a little SBC discount for any order over $25. You'll get a 15% discount by using discount code SECONDPRINTPOD. You got to spell it all out, that second print pod, to get yourself 15% off your order over at foxandsons.com. Check it out. You know, this podcast, especially for patrons of the show, only took me three seconds to mention Patreon, patreon.com slash second print pod. Uh, they get to see me do these shows live. And this is really just turned into this entire podcast is based around me trying to perfectly time nailing, playing the intro to the show at the exact same second that we go live on YouTube. I don't think I got it yet, but I, I was pretty darn close. Pretty damn pretty close, darn close, Mark. You could even say I just need to be a little faster, which is the segue into today's conversation where we're going to talk about the recent Flash film. Now, people that are in our Second Print Comics fan zone, it's our exclusive Facebook group for those who are patrons of the program and assorted friends of the show, let's just say. Again, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. I'm not going to plug too much more, though. I'm going to leave the rest to Remzo. I will will plug a little bit, if I may. All right, plug away. I, I want to go ahead and just say the best part about the show is the community that we've been able to foster. And I'm I know a lot of people go camera. ahead and talk about what was wrong with my camera. No, you're, I was just announcing that I'm going to eat soup while. You, oh, uh, yeah. Ignore this the is the show camera. now. This is the show now. It used to be I, I'm a t- I used to meticulously edit these audio shows, like take out the little breaths, the ums, the ahs. And now now I eat soup. This is this is how far we've come. Well, you see, folks, you just got to be with us in the moment for stuff Mm -hmm. like this. We're regular people. We're men of the people. And speaking of men of the people, the fantastic community that we've been able to foster over at the Second for Comics uh, is probably my favorite part of this whole experience in our podcast comic business journey. And uh, recently, I was raising money for cancer research and to provide aid to cancer family, uh, to cancer victims and their families for an organization called Tap Out Cancer. It's a jujitsu based cancer uh, focused nonprofit where they raise awareness and funds for all those things through jujitsu tournaments. So I will actually be competing in my first Brazilian jujitsu tournament in October 14th. And I had kind of a lofty goal. Earlier in, in the spring, I tried raising money for lung cancer. Uh, I did a stair climb for that. That was really uh, successful. Many of you helped. But then a lot of you came out again and helped me raise $1,300 in five days for this fundraising campaign. And that was a lot of money really fast. I have fundraised and crowdfunded for a number of things across the years, but I have never raised this much money this fast. And a majority of it came from you. So I am just incredibly thankful that not only a lot of you support this show, but you've learned to trust us. You've learned a little bit about our lives. You've become friends of ours and you're helping us 
in these endeavors. So I want to go ahead and do something special because I want to grow the pack because all this costs work. All of this takes a bit of effort for for the next. I'm going to say until July 31st. So for the throughout the entire summer for at the next month, here's what I'm going to do is a special offer. We have about 30 or so limited edition second print comics posters I printed a year ago. Now, typically those autographed posters signed by either Mark, Mark or I, um, they are only available for people that sign up at our Epic crossover level of $25 a month. That's where you get all the stuff, all the bonus shows so, or live shows like this, uh, graphic novels mailed every three months and more. And typically you get that as a one-time, you know, like thank you thing. What I'm going to do to thank you, to kind of grow the herd, if you if you will, is if you join at the $5 level or more, not only are you going to get one of those signed posters to go ahead and let people know that you know the most two awesome dudes in the universe, but I'm going to take $5 out of my pocket and I'm going to go ahead and make a donation to the Gary Sinise Foundation. It's a mil- it's a veterans charity that is very near and dear to my heart. It provides assistance and entertainment and support to veterans and military families. So you go ahead and sign up at the five dollar level today through July thirty first. So end of end of, end of July. Um, you will get one of those autographed posters, and I will personally, out of my own pocket, donate five dollars to the Gary Sinise Foundation. So go ahead and take advantage of that. You can feel good in the process and be part of this awesome, awesome, awesome comic-based family that we've created at patreon.com slash second print pod. Remzo, that was beautiful. You did you did it all. You tugged at the heartstrings, you know, you built it up with uh, you know, talking about this charity for cancer. So at the end of the day, what are they what are they gonna say no to you now? Yeah, I, I like what that. horrible now, person will do that. Now they're literally denying children joy. If they don't join Second Print Pod, what type of people Patreon. are that? Not so, these yeah, people, not, not our people. listeners, not our audience. No, but our, our Patreon is awesome. And uh, yeah, uh, two minutes after I said I'm not going to plug anymore, but it's really become, I, I like to call it like the SPC book club at this point. You know, we talk about the different books that we read. We actually send physical books to our epic, uh, not our epic crossover level. Uh, yeah, epic crossover level. Well, I get them all confused because there's so many. You can see them all at patreon.com slash second print pod and if that weren't enough you get all sorts of bonus content including my current project i'm about to wrap up my case of the runs jeff john's jsa uh but i've already started a new project because i just can't get enough i'm just going can't through get enough ramzo thunderstrike what do you think so far i even it's more entertaining listening to you go through it than it is actually reading those <laughs> that sounds about right that sounds about right. Well, that, that's what I'm going for because I'm not really asking anyone to read the books. I'm just asking them to listen to me talk about having read the books that are in my personal collection. Again, Marvel is apparently ashamed of these issues. As I've mentioned, they don't have any issues of Thunderstrike except for Thunderstrike number one and some other Thunderstrike from 2013 that I don't want to know what's going on there. I'm not even going to look at that. But only no. here behind those paywalls at the SPC can you get a breakdown of each issue that I have in my physical collection. They cannot be taken away from me. And they never will be. All right. Someday, my great great grandkids are going to be sitting on a pile of Thunderstrike comics and maybe some SPC signed SPC posters. And they're going to thank me for building this empire for them. You're welcome, future people. You're welcome. That being said, this is all uh, just as I was trying to segue into a conversation about speed, because we're talking about The Flash today, The Flash film. And as I was about to say before we had to talk about kids with cancer and giving us money and all this stuff was that our 
people that are in that second print fan zone, they already got a preview. They got Remzo's uh, review. Actually, our patrons got Remzo's review. You did that as a Patreon, did you not? Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, a, like a near 30 minute, dare I say, a rant about Remzo's opinions on That's this film. That's one of the longest rants I think I've ever recorded. I think it's literally the longest Remzo rant in existence. Uh, so I don't think, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say you did, you did not enjoy this film. That's a very uh, safe I, assessment. I kind of pulled it back in a little bit and said, like, you know, Remzo's losing his mind. Not that I think the film is good, because I did see the film, and I, I'm not going to – I'm not even going to really refute any of your points. I'm just comparing it, I think, for you. I'll, I'll summarize it for you, Mark. I'll, I'll save okay. you some time. I'll save everyone some time. Five words. Five words is all you need. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> That's the clip. <laughs> That's the cold open. I'm curious how much do you think is – is because of the expectations that were that were you know put out by DC that were put out by James Gunn that were put out by I mean instead of because they couldn't really send them around to promote this film uh they did some interesting things like they like hi- had Steven Spielberg go watch the feel film and say nice things about the film so like that was their marketing and having James Gunn be like you know what I do this is a really great superhero movie so do you think do you think that you're how much you did dislike no i'll use your words how much you hated the film no i'll use your words how much you fucking hated this film how much of that is due to the expectations that dc was putting out there that warner brothers was putting out there as like this revolutionary sort of superhero movie as i as i mentioned in the 30 minute epic rant of a lifetime i really kind of had to divide this movie into three parts one what was the story two how was the quality of the whole thing as it kind of fits into the DCEU? And third, the marketing aspect of it. Was that a factor in it? Absolutely. I think I definitely cannot say that without the outright lies that came out from Warner Brothers about this movie, um, that that wouldn't have played a factor in it. it I, would, I would already say it was a bad movie. But the fact that they have just deceived us, like blatantly lied. Like I have never. Th- this What's is a lie? Like, Tell me a lie about the movie. It was the greatest superhero movie ever. Well, that's an Ezra, opinion. Ezra, nice Ezra Miller is a good actor. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I don't think do anyone has ever said people. Ezra Miller is a good do not actor. Not defend these people. <laughs> Even Warner Brothers is not. I'm not. I'm just trying to play the foil to to your to random. But go on. Go well, on. Now, now what's funny is I, I went on Facebook and I was scrolling before the show and I saw that now they're trying to market this as a low key horror film. And I'm like, the amount of things that they have tried to do to resuscitate this movie. It is so embarrassing <laughs> that in its second week it has already been dethroned by a movie that came out a month ago. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. They they marketed it as something that was going to be this epic game changer. You don't really feel that. You really don't feel that without have them having to tell, having to tell you what's coming after. If we didn't hear about the DCU slate and the whole James Gunn reboot after this, you don't get that from this movie. People expecting Flashpoint, you're not getting Flashpoint. You're not even getting the Flashpoint Paradox animated film which is a far superior movie. I would say that how they did Flashpoint in the Grant Gustin television series, The Flash, was better than this. This was bad on all levels. Story, CGI, continuity, acting. I thought that Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton in that like eight minutes combined that they were in this movie, 
were the best parts of this movie. And not even two Batman can save this movie. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's spoil it. Two Three Batman. Because yes. they bring in George Clooney of all people at the end. Not I feel like I should put a Batman disclaimer this. on this podcast to make sure that people know there's a spoiler coming in the beginning. But we'll if see. you jumped in here thinking we were going to avoid all that shit, that's a you problem, people. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it was just it was a dis- I was bored. I was actively looking at my watch throughout the movie. And what's what's really a sign is that my wife, um, she doesn't pay too much attention to like the universes. In fact, after we watched this, she was like, I'm kind of tired of the universes. I just want to watch a movie and just understand stuff. But like, right, even right. just understand like, the movie itself, not yeah. all these things it's connected to, which I get because she represents a, like a majority of people that are just passive moviegoers, not mm-hmm. like us, but she was just like, I'm bored. I don't like Ezra Miller. This movie looked choppy and the CGI made everyone look like Play-Doh. This was a bad movie. This was offensively bad. Now, I, I'll say I, I wasn't sure at first about the CGI because uh, without revealing too much, Remzo, let's just say I did not watch this in a theater. <laughs> so I, I found uh, another method. Let's uh, put it that way. Uh, I will say no more. Uh, so I, I didn't know how much. Of Here's the a clue, people. We bought a game stick to play video games recently. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need the, to know. And that's from China. So these are the kind of people we are. Um, and, and that has 600 very unlicensed games. So anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some somewhat similar. Derek and I did a game stick review that's coming out this Sunday. Just putting that it, out there. Pro- oh, good. I can't wait for that. It probably emanated from the same region of the world. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't know how much of the CGI was just the translation of that, but it, but from what I hear, uh, no, that's that was properly translated. It was properly looked really, really like dog shit, which is, it's it's a trend in all these superhero movies, and I think it's a number of factors. It's actually something we touched on in my conversation with Chris Knowles, my wild conversation with Chris Knowles. That that was um, all over the place. <laughs> it was it was, was something wild. else. Let's put it that way. Uh, but it's our most popular YouTube video right now. So if you missed my conversation with Chris Knowles talking about the somewhat dark origins of superheroes, go check that out on our new our new segment. We got three now that we can rotate in. We got SPC Pop, which you're listening to right now or pop, watching pop. right now. Or we pop you with some pop culture and whatnot. Of course, reissued where we go look at, at uh, you know old comic issues, which we'll be doing with our friend Eric, our patron next week, our Kirby Club level patron next week. And we have now SPC Talk, where we will be mixing in some interviews now and again. So if you have people you think that we should interview, let us know. We also did, he also did Magic Battaglia, I'd say, it would, be, would be the first like unofficial edition of that. And Eric July. Cool. Eric July was almost a year ago we talked to. So so we've been around the block, I guess. Been you around say. a bit. Uh, anyway, the point being, yeah, he was saying like how these, these effects departments are so fucking tax and overtax and i think this is somewhat related to the fact that there is probably i'm assuming less and less skilled human beings that do this stuff as things go on as they rely more and more on like ai on like recreating scenes on copying and pasting scenes to just get around the fact that when you do hire humans to do to do this they are very expensive and they make a lot of overtime and they cost a shit ton of money and now all these studios like marvel is just moving effects team from project to project oh yeah, just wrap up She-Hulk. Don't even use animation in the last. Fuck it. You move on to Ant-Man. Oh, you know, and, and you see it in the quality. You see. Man, they the used Mid-Journey for the opening credits for Secret Invasion. Like they literally did? They literally did. And it was good. Like, it was good. But when I found out that they used the app for that, I was like, I don't know whether be impressed or horrified that the largest telecommunications company in the world, Disney, their telecom company, 
has to do that. Do they have to, or do they get a better product and pay less money? So there you go. The market, I suppose, is is at work here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I look better. Look better than one. Well, I, I will say, of as far as opening animation, opening like Disney does those pretty well. I was gonna knock on She Hulk, which She Hulk deserves to be knocked on as a show. I didn't hate the opening animations of that or Ms. Marvel. Actually, those, those might have been the best parts of the show. They were kind of inventive and interesting. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. What is here and there and everywhere else is this film, Remso. Now, I I had seen this film after hearing your rant about it, so. You know, I, I was re- actually, no, I knew, I think I knew you had ranted about it and knew you hated it, but I, I, I waited to listen until afterwards. I think that's what it was because I didn't want to spoil myself because we all know you spoil movies for yourself so that, so that anyone listening to you will. In I am my own worst enemy. Yes, indeed. Uh, so I did, but I knew there was going to be something at the end of this movie. I just didn't know what it was going to be. And I just wanted to be surprised by that one thing, that one thing that you already spoiled for anyone uh, that, that is watching this. I would say if you haven't seen it by now, you don't care, right? I think that's fair. You're not going to watch it if you haven't seen it by now. <laughs> I think that's fair. Or you'll use nefarious means uh, like, I, like I may or may not have. Uh, so the film itself, here is, to me, here are the problems with the film itself. <laughs> I was going to try to think of some positives and then I'm just going to, I'm just going to brush by it Why to me. Struggle? I was ready for it to be worse. So I think maybe this is where our, this is where our, it's, it's the battle of expectations here. Cause I didn't really believe the hype. I knew that was hype. So I wasn't really taking, I wasn't taking James guns and Steven Spielberg's words at account here. Um, so that being said though, I, I only think it was slightly better than you, than how much you hated it. That, like, like I, I just think I've seen, I, my point is I've seen worse movies from DC. All right. That, that's kind of my point. Uh, I, I would rather watch this than birds of prey. Maybe I wouldn't because what's your names in it. And that I'd, I'd rather movie. watch birds of prey more than this. At least birds of prey had a story that was succinct to the point. It didn't oversell and under deliver. It was just what it was. Let's see how Blue Beetle and Aquaman 2 are this year before we, I, I, before I'm we cast judgment. On, I'm going to say it now. I'm not going to watch Blue Beetle. In protest? I, I will watch on HBO Max. What about through nefarious means? <laughs> I'll, I'll wait a month until... The Flash has only been out for two weeks, and they already said that mid-July they're going to go ahead and put it out on... A, I'm sorry, end of July they're going to go ahead and put it out on streaming services. Wow. Like that's how much faith they have that this will recoup money. That's and why should I was one. And, and why should I feel that Blue Beetle will be any different? I don't even think that Aquaman will be any different. I'm I'm tired of feeding these people. Let, let's just talk about the numbers, Mark. It took them they say they say it took three hundred million dollars to do this movie. Enough reports have actually indicated that this probably cost them half a billion dollars. This will barely you're not make, gonna make that back. No, they're not. They will barely make a hundred and fifty million back. Even if we include what they'll get from the international markets, is that even what they will that? get from the international markets? They have China. They'll have the Middle East. They will make that up. But I don't think they're gonna want to show up for their own reasons. I don't think they're gonna want to show up because I think they're gonna basically be like, we're not gonna support ezra miller so i think they will avoid it because of that i think everyone else will avoid it because no one really wants to see this movie and that's really sad and i mean it's just 
for a film that costs this much money, for a film that has been production for nearly a decade, you talked about this with Chris, for something that should have been a slam dunk, a paint-by-the-numbers box office smash, it should have been so much better. And um, in May, I did a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 review on Patreon with Caleb Franz, and I made a prediction to Caleb, which has turned out to be incorrect. I said that as soon as The Flash came out in theaters, this would become the best, not only the best box office success of the summer, but this would be the highest grossing movie of the year. I could not be more wrong of that. <laughs> I could not be more wrong of that. Because I just didn't believe that they could fuck this up so badly. And they never admit to it either. With the CGI, they said, well, that's just how the Flash sees the world. So you see it through his view. Oh, at God, least shut was, up. Uh, at that least that's what they said. Because everything's moving so fast, so it has to be blurry yes. or something. That's what they said. <laughs> they literally said that. The uh, Andy Bashitti or whatever his name is, the director, actually said I'm that actually the audience. I'm actually impressed by that, by that lie, that to be honest that's like that's like joe biden levels of bullshit that is just like one of the most ridiculous lies you could slap the audience with at least sony who puts out shitty movies and is like you want more at least with them with beyond the spider-verse which was supposed to come out in may of 2024 they put out a statement today at the time of recording basically saying it's going to cost too much money and it's going to require more an- more man hours than we can do. We're going to push the movie to 2026. Am I upset about wow. that? They pushed it that far back? They pushed it that far back. Am I wow. upset about that? Yes, but not in the sense of, oh, they should just put it out and let it be. No, at least they're putting a good product out. At least we know that when we go to see that third Across the Spider-Verse film, I'm sorry, a third uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse film, it's going to be good. They're not they're they're basically saying, hey, listen, it's not ready and we're not going to put it out until it's ready. They're not just going to put the whole squad on overtime for a few days and say, just wrap it up. They can't have mid journey do everything like Disney's. All right. Send the rest. Send the rest of the AI. Um, But it's just, you know, they they've insulted and taken for granted the customer for so long, and especially in the post lockdown era where movie theaters need people now more than ever to put this out is insulting we should not feed these people and beyond that ezra miller is a criminal he should not be celebrated i felt bad that i helped make him rich but i hope that if this film does one thing it destroys his career and if you want to hear more about that my wife did all the freaking research about his father and disney and epstein island and all that stuff there's weird stuff yeah like this, this is just this movie needed to fail. I will say that it needed to fail, and it is. All right, maybe we should talk a little bit about the movie itself, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe this is enough. Um, Did you right. like Ezra Miller's performance as Barry Allen? No, I <laughs> no. Grant Gustin is a way better Flash. I mean, yeah, the, the honestly, the best portrayal of the Flash ever on on screen in any way. I I, I guess. The problem too is this this version of the Flash is like is fine as a sidekick character. It's fine as like the goofy sort of um you know the goofy counterbalance to like I didn't hate him as much in say Zack Snyder's Justice League where he's kind of comedy relief. He ends up serving a very important role that they do reference in this movie. Um, but he's not he's not he's not the lead of the movie. 
but making him a this this character as the lead of a movie does not work. It does not does not work. He's not a leader. He does not feel like a protagonist in any way. And it's not like the character develops to that point. Um, we see a semblance of character development, I guess, when he sort of lets go of the idea of fixing everything. But does he really? Because he still goes back and changes a thing to sort of fix everything. So it's like, did you even really learn the lesson? So since we're already spoiling the whole movie, why don't we just skip right to the end? Um, because Barry Allen had basically gone. He decided he talked to Ben Affleck, Batman. And he's like, dude, I can just go back and, you know, save my mom. Oh, here's something that really annoyed me, which they would that in the end that there is no i'm not saying they had to do a reverse flash storyline that might have been too much to to cram into here and they kind of do like a savitar type thing anyway i'm not saying they had to do that to explain the murder of of his mother but we never even make that a mystery at all it's just like it doesn't matter it's just some random guy like it has you think it's going to tie into the story or he's going to go and actually stop the murderer why doesn't he go back in time and stop the murderer and find out who the murderer is like, go see who the fucking murderer is. Like, you still don't know. You still don't even know who this guy is. And instead, you're going to just change. So instead, after learning all the lessons of how changing time fucks things up, which he did learn throughout this film by creating the Flashpoint universe, and then his younger version of himself starts to learn that and in this weird ending sequence that we can talk about in a minute. But I'm skipping all the way to the end, end, end. He basically learns the lesson. I can't I can't go change in this shit. So he goes back to the moment in the in uh, the grocery store where originally he had come in and taken the tomatoes because originally the reason his dad wasn't home to stop the murder of his mom is that she forgot tomatoes at the store. So instead, he stops her from forgetting the tomatoes, which means that... But that doesn't stop the murder. That's what I don't get. It doesn't stop the guy from coming to the house. So in this reality, did Barry Allen's dad fight a murderer and kill that guy? And then we don't... That didn't affect their lives that, at all? That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I tried to really look through a lot of the big chunks of this movie that progress the story. And th this is not an exaggeration. This feels like five attempts of different scripts all kind of placated together. And you see this through all the different hands that went into this film. Because this film went through like six directors. I forget his name, but like whoever was the first director tied to it, very action heavy. That guy totally did the introduction with Batman and everything. And then you have the people that tried to make it more comedy. And that's like the first chunk of the movie. And then you have the rest, which is just haphazard and lazy. And it 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 is a victim of its own lack of continuity that it doesn't even attempt to do that. And this isn't just over analyzing it. This is insulting basic moviegoers. There were like five dudes. Sitting. Is it as insulting as me eating instant lunch in the middle of a podcast? Cause that's what I'm doing. I, I mean, am listening. this is, this is just, this is just the nature of things. When you talk flash, you get hungry. Exactly. And that was another just thing. Just like too. Barry Allen. My that was another thing too. Up. Like, they they try and set up all these things that should be a thing that you pay attention to throughout the movie. Like, you know, the fact that if he doesn't have constant calories, he's going to like die or something. And it's like, they completely leave that alone. Which There's should have factored into that last scene where he's just going back and going back and going back and not stopping. He should be like be burning up. Exactly. And they don't, and they, again, that's what's also, I guess that's what frustrated me the most about it. There are elements that could be a good movie here, but then they don't follow up on them. They don't connect them. Of, of course, no matter what, you were going to have Ezra Miller as, so that was going to taint the whole thing. My biggest disappointment 
I didn't even finish saying what really happened in the in the last scene there though. He moves the tomato sauce originally, you know, that's what starts the whole flashpoint thing. Yeah. And then he says, Oh, I can't go fixing stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna move the tomato sauce so that my mom is still gonna go get killed. So he still lets his mom get killed now. But now he he moves the tomatoes higher up so that when his dad goes back to get the tomatoes, the security camera sees him, which gives him the alibi. So his dad gets off for the murder. So he still changed reality. And we saw that when he, when all he did was move tomato cans, it changed everything about reality. There's no Superman. There's all this. Everything's different. Michael Keaton's in this universe. All this stuff is going on. That's from moving the tomato. That's from like putting the tomato can in, in his mom's basket. So that was bad. But then he still decides after all this, all these lessons, including the younger Barry essentially turning into a Savitar version. He was Savitar in the uh, Flash TV show by trying to go back, trying to go back and basically turning into that original bad Flash, that more evil version, that which is the one that sort of knocked Barry into this, into this Flashpoint universe in the first place at that point in time. Does that sound confusing? Because it is. And they don't really explain it very well at all. They kind of make you piece it together. I think I can only piece it together better because I saw the Flash show where they actually did explain this very well. So I go, oh, they're doing Savitar. Except they don't really explain it. They just kind of show you an older, you know, evil Barry Allen. And you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go that have that aha moment or, or what have you. Um, and what he ends up doing is just getting his, getting it so... We when we come back at the end of the movie, we learn that the surveillance camera, which was, by the way, they also um, captured by like Wayne camera technologies or something like that. So there's some weird implication that like Bruce Wayne is still trying to help him, even though there's a, we find out later it's a new Bruce Wayne. I don't know. It's not supposed to make sense. I don't think. Um, but it's like all of this thing where he teach he sees the younger version of himself become this evil flash by going through time so much that he loses his fucking mind trying to fix things, trying to fix things. And then he still, at the end of the movie, didn't actually learn the lesson because he still moved these fucking tomato cans to try. Like, what makes him think that 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 one move is going to be fine? That where the other move caused this whole movie <laughs> to take place. You, you know, one thing that also, enough. you know, one thing that also just kind of irked me. Like, this kind of grinded my gears. It's like he's no, not really grinds my gears. He really grinds my gears. He's not very heroic. And my my the one thing that bothered me like at like a weird level is the like fact that he steals. Well, he steals a lot throughout the movie. Like he just like blatantly steals. He steals people's food. He Hot will dog. sneak the beer yeah. clothes. Like he how just, is, how he, are these heroic things? Cause they're petty crimes. <laughs> it's like, they're like, he just, he just steals throughout. And I get that it's meant to, you know, be a gag or to put tape on things, but it's like, he's not, he's not a good person. He's just really not. And even in the in or outside of the movie in or outside of the movie and even and, and like take Zack Snyder's Justice League out of it. Let's stick with the with the bed that Warner Brothers shit in during Walter Hamada in the Justice League movie. The Flash is even a coward, even when he goes and like saves that Russian family and shit. If you take that as the canon that they have said it is, as the canon Justice League film, and take it into this, he is the least heroic person on screen. Deadpool has more heroic qualities than The Flash. Think about that in terms of on-screen heroes. Yeah, different universe. Yeah, different genre. Yeah, all this other stuff. But The Flash is supposed to be a good, virtuous person. Barry Allen is a is a is a is a is a tech for a police department like he's a good moral person you don't get that from barry ever if anything he comes off as kind of a fucking psycho 
And he's just like, it's just, he's not, he's not good. He's not a good person. He's selfish. I don't, he's not a hero. I do not like him. He does things almost out of sheer obligation. And you get that at the beginning of the film when he makes a Justice League comment where he's like, you know, I really feel like the the Justice League's janitor. It's like, dude, you're what you're doing is important. What you're doing is heroic. You know, he saves all those children. And then he takes a moment to make a quip about the Justice League not providing therapists for people. It's like, you're a shitty hero. All right. And, and well, I think that I think that DC has done themselves a disservice. And it's ironic that it would come both in forms of the Flash because Flashpoint, the story in the comics, which we have said on this show, is one of the best comic book stories ever written, especially probably the best for DC, dare I say. It would become undone and undo the legacy of the Flash in his own movie. That's that's sad. Let's talk about the one thing that I a, I was looking forward to, and well, we can kind of encompass it in a broader character. Let, let, let's encompass it all in a broader category, which I think this film and the marketing, especially, were trying their brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over forty, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Damnedest to position everything towards, and that is nostalgia. Um, and I'm a big fan of nostalgia. I like nostalgia when done right. And I was looking forward to Michael Keaton in this movie. Um, I got to say, that is my biggest gripe with the movie. I mean, all, everything you said is true. But I was like, well, at least they're going to give us some great Michael Keaton. And he was, Michael, I, this is not a comment against Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, Keaton was great in the movie. I don't like how they portrayed his character as this disheveled like long-haired like batman that had to be like brought they out luke of skywalker him they luke skywalkered him that is a great way to put it they totally took away from what his character is and yes they bring him back and then he cuts his hair and he's he's the good old batman we know for a very short amount of time as you mentioned is a very small it's kind of a small part of the film i mean it ends up leading to the end but before you know it spoiler alert again how fast do we learn that not only is Michael Keaton Batman not special, neither is this Supergirl is not special because they both die immediately in the battle scene, which is what causes the younger Flash to go back in time. Well, first they both do it to go back in time to try to fix that. Then they keep going back. And this is what leads to sort of the end of the movie where he's just trying to chase going back in time. Zod just, just kicks their both their asses. Supergirl couldn't seem less special. Um, she does very little and then gets killed. And then we see her get killed again. Like every time they try to go back, like ah, maybe the lesson Supergirl's not very powerful and we should have had Superman. Maybe that's the fucking lesson here. That, that um, is actually the lesson. If anything, it is, like, right? it, it is a weird side note. Like it is a weird side note. They remind you that Superman is important. Yeah, right. And it's so weird because they do that 
while constantly insulting Henry Calville. <laughs> it's a it's a weird conglomeration of things like of different because like you said, this movie was different things at different points. At first, it was just the the a flash movie, you know, and then it was. Well, it's the culmination of like some things that were coming off of Zack Snyder's Justice League and, and whatnot. And then it was, well, no, now it's this reboot of, of the universe, which it's really not even either, because when Barry reboots things or whatever, and he does the one change and his father gets off. Um, and he like you said earlier, he Batman call calls. He's like, oh, Batman's here. Cool. And it's fucking I did, I did kind of actually my favorite scene in the movie was Clooney a little bit showing up. Because I did kind of pop for it, just because I was actually surprised. I wasn't expecting Clooney. Uh, that, that that did get me. Although he was kind of the logical one that made sense, I guess, because Val Kilmer can't talk. So maybe I should have known. But Christian Bale said because they wanted him originally, and that's they what lobbied, I was kind of hoping. They, they lobbied Bale for years, and, and like, he and they wrote the script and showed it to him where he did it, and he basically said no. His thing, it's disingenuous to the character, and it's not going to help the movie. Well, he because he saw it as you're only bringing me in to help this movie. It doesn't actually help it. Yeah, it's just a cheap pop at the end. It's not an important part of the movie. You know, he's a serious actor, though, which is funny because he did Thor Love and Thunder. But <laughs> I, I did like where Barry, where he sees George Clooney and he he, he goes, what the fuck? And like, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> like, this is a whole it's like a PG-13 movie. You're not expecting that. And he just goes, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you? And he, and he, go, and he also goes like, you're not Batman. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm not Batman. He's like, hello. Like, I'm supposed to have a secret identity. Like, no, I'm not Batman. Thanks for clarifying. Uh, I, I did enjoy that interaction. The last literally 30 seconds of the movie. Everything else, like, I could have done without. We, but we, we got to discuss this other scene. This other scene where Barry's in the fucking, I don't know, in the multiverse fucking flash station, zone. The flash <laughs> zone. The fucking mob zone. I don't know what you want to fucking call it. He's there in the in the 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 sort of a crossway of the multiverse and for some reason they don't really explain this at all either he's just seeing other universes and he's like we the viewer are zooming in on certain aspects like why in every universe like why is there like oh here's a universe let's look at it there's there's fucking george reeves there he is there's fucking uh christopher reeves oh here's nicholas cage fighting a butt i mean these are like interesting things in theory like you like but it, it just felt too much like this doesn't even connect to the story at all it's just like hey let's show you old old supermans and ones you've heard of hey internet geeks we're here for you we're doing they, stuff they for were you. they were checking so many boxes with that because and that was to make a story yeah. out of it that's what really annoyed me i'm like okay this is theoretically cool that i'm seeing this but hey the actors aren't even fucking nicholas cage isn't in the movie it's like cgi nicholas cage so it's like what the why why just to I already know this movie started. I've seen the clips. I've seen the footage of Nick Clay to Superman. Like this isn't, it's, it's like fake nostalgia. You know, it's like forced nostalgia and, and it doesn't, the and nostalgia stuff is great when it furthers the movie and when it makes sense, this doesn't make sense. This is just like, Oh, by the way, we should probably throw in some cameos. Cause we told people there was going to be cameos. So let's just show you every Superman and, and Batman and Adam. And let's just show you all these universes. It doesn't need to make sense. Then we'll move on. There are amateur directors and amateur special effects, effects artists who only do stuff for YouTube that could have created a better scene than what they spent, you know, tens of millions of dollars on. It looks like it was cut and paste, and it was just really the it was it, it was it was one it was probably the biggest insult in the movie because they had been teasing a lot of that up, and for the Nick Cage part, they had spoiled that like a few months ago, and I was expecting something more. Like I, I thought, I thought it was cool to see him do that, but that's another thing. Like that's a really, really deep cut. 
type of Easter egg. Right. Because you have to really like be in the no, no. You have to know that shit about Superman lives and Kevin Smith and you well, know, people are just gonna Rock be like, why the fuck is Nicolas Cage in this? Like, what's yeah, happening? my my wife is just like, is that Nicolas Cage? I'm like, it was from a movie that didn't get made, and she's like, but why would they include something from a movie that wasn't exactly. made? And I'm like, you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense. It for doesn't me. make any sense. It's just weird. It's just supposed to show us that like everything exists in the multiverse. So then, how is James Gunn trying to spin this? I mean, I guess it's because you know he he's the head of DC and he's got a he's got a market for them. He can't just be like, we wish this didn't exist. I mean. They At least he didn't do like, what they did with Shazam, where he was basically just like, yeah, that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny in his video. He was like, yeah, anyway, there's a Shazam movie. Anyway, moving on. I love The Flash. He should have said he loved Shazam. Fuck it. He's going to lie to us. I didn't. I still haven't watched Shazam, but whatever. Now I kind of want to, to compare. Shazam 2 was a better movie than, than this. And I was really shitting on Shazam 2. A couple weeks ago, I was just like, it's like I thought I thought like DC has really hit the bottom of the barrel. It's like, no, they will go further. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know where else to go with this. I mean, I don't think we need to break down every little plot point in the movie. I think we've hit on enough points. What I really want to talk about. Well, let's grade the film first. And then I want to talk about the larger scope of things. So let's just you already graded it. I know you're great on Patreon. Are you sticking to your grade? I'm sticking to I'm giving it a five, a five. All right. That's actually like average in theory, right? It's right in the middle. Average film. Pretty good. Might want to go check it out. Do people um, want that for a $300 million, possibly $500 million movie, though? You know, after this conversation with you, I think I should just I should just cave in. And I'm because because if you want to say fuck you to this movie, I think that's fair to steal from our friends at Weird Yay, Science. Peer pressure. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck this movie. A five doesn't feel right, but it feels appropriate. So I'm going to give it a five, too. You talked me down. You actually talked me down for once. I didn't think it was good. Renzo was my point. My point was being like, ah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a six, six and a half type movie because it's fine. But the more I talk about it, the more I realize how nonsensical all of it is and how it doesn't even deliver on any of the things that it's advertised to deliver on. Even the cameos that we were told were was really not all that impressive. There were no I don't think there's any living human cameos. There's a dead Adam West, a CGI Nick Cage, a old footage George Reeves, like dead what? Chris Reeves, dead yeah. George Reeves. It's just a bunch of dead people. Those aren't the those guy aren't who cameos. played the Flash is not even Teddy Sears from the TV show. It's not really? even him. CGI. So they got somebody else to just be a random Golden Age Flash in that movie. He was confused by it. He's like, that's like people thought it was him. But he's like, that's not me. And when you look at his face, it's not him. Shouldn't we have seen more flashes in the multiverse? Didn't we even at least one? We didn't even see Grant Grant Gustin. Gustin. We didn't even see Grant Gustin. Like, come on. And they even did that crossover in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is I will say now I can now that I did. I went back and watched those episodes of the CW crossover. That's a much better story than this one. Yes. And it's not even close as much as there are some cheesy elements of the CW shows. And they sort of have that like teenage vibe to a lot of them. And the it's, CW vibe once. Yeah. The CW vibe. But once you accept that, like the story itself is so, that's so much better than this. I might yeah. just go rewatch it to cleanse the palate. I almost feel like watching justice league flashpoint paradox. Maybe I'll just go watch just... Snyder cut so I can have a one good memory of, <laughs> of, of this DC world. You know what I watched a few days prior? I watched, uh, I watched Spider-Man two on Disney plus. Oh, that's, I watched that's Spider- classic. Yeah. It, it and it's like, like a fine wine. 
And it is as good as I remember seeing it when I was just a little kid in theaters. Like it is still each time I see that movie, I'm like, this is the quintessential superhero movie. And it's like story used to matter. <laughs> and Jeffrey, just, Jeffrey yeah. has commented. I haven't seen the movie and I probably never will. But I will say that Supergirl is pretty hot. Dude, Supergirl is like the best. Supergirl is like the best part of that movie. She might be, but she's in like a leotard the whole time. I can and you know, not- skin tight. Like I was looking at that. I was like, you know, Supergirl ain't looking too bad. Let's see the Supergirl. Everyone's all mad about that. But I'm like, I, all right. But well, I wouldn't it, say no. Let's put it that yeah. way. But, let, let, you know, just to wrap it up with this, like it, it used to be from an era where like story mattered. And. You know, you're supposed to the hero's journey. We will just drive it into the ground until the end of time. The hero's journey is in all big epic stories and even minor stories. You know, just it's in good stories for a reason. And it's because it connects to us on a basic natural level as humans. And when you bypass that and insult it and do all these things, this wasn't an example of like the victim's journey. It didn't, you know, for the most part, it didn't have any wokeness in it. That's the one thing I'll give this film. It could have had it, but it didn't. But what it is, is like there was just one, there was one, one that uh, only one little line where there was that thing in the beginning where they had Wonder Woman and it was very subtle. Oh, my they God. had the thing wrapped around him. And Ezra Miller was like, oh, my God, I can't handle how hot you are or whatever. And Batman's like, I should have just given all my money away instead of fighting crime. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's what you're right. That's what that's what everybody needs. A one time check from a billionaire. That That's exactly that would solve everything. Fuck Thanks, me. Bill Gates. That was so um, yeah, but like so. So that was it. But it's like, you know, this, this movie doesn't even try. This movie forgets why people like these characters. This movie doesn't care. And it, it feels like it was written by chat GPT. That's how, <laughs> that's how it feels. Like it's just it's chat just GPT. Write, write me a superhero movie involving time travel, the flash, Michael Keaton, Batman, and every Superman ever, ever made. Yeah. Go. It's just, it, it's just, it, it ignores all of that. This is a bad movie. Like, this is it. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 if it's still in theaters. Go see Across the Spider-Verse two, three more times. Like, this movie deserves to fail. I'm so glad that not only I sold all my stock in AT&T, which still taints the shit to begin with, but that I also sold all my Warner Brothers Discovery stock after the AT&T Warner Brothers Discovery split. Because even though they're trying to salvage themselves with, you know, canceling Batgirl and doing all this other stuff, even though I think that at the top they have good intentions, they still lied to us. And I get it. They knew they were going to lose money. They had to do this to not lose hundreds of millions of dollars. But for fuck's sake, stop giving us Ezra Miller. (laughs) Well, I think I think we're going to get that because. If there's anything that could have salvaged his career in any way, because they were they're trying to sort of dust him off a little bit. They're trying to give him like, oh, you know, would be if this movie was a huge hit. You know, maybe they could justify it. But now I don't think there's any chance we see him again. I also don't get again how this reboots the universe. That's I was expecting. Okay, obviously, they added some ending that shows us like that we're rebooting the universe. That's bullshit. 
that's bullshit. James Gunn just made that up. Unless we're supposed to think that the new universe is the one with this Flash and George Clooney Batman. I don't think George Clooney Batman is gonna. I mean, it would make sense for them to have an older Batman and the Brave and the Bold if the, if what they're doing is a Batman Gunn himself thing. said it won't be Clooney. No, and and so so how is this reboot the universe? That's just a, that's just like a, oh, remember George Clooney? And I'm fine. Like I said, literally was my favorite part of the my favorite scene of the movie was that was that part. Because A, it did actually surprise me, and I enjoyed Ezra Miller's "What the fuck, the fuck are you?" reaction. Um, that was the best part of the movie for me. Well, well that post credit though felt like they filmed it. Like I didn't, on see, an, I, I didn't have that on my. So it, on it's, my, on my like, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And <laughs> the guy that was uh, in his uh, theater, Asian theater, filming it didn't. He's like, I, I'm not waiting around for that. It, it's <laughs> it's the Flash quickly recapping the movie to a drunk Aquaman. That's it. It's a minute long, and it's bad. Um, the only it, change from him moving the tomatoes were that his dad got off of the crime and also that George Clooney is Batman and everything else is just the same. And, and it won't make sense for anything else too. like, I, I think if this movie is doomed, then Aquaman in the lost kingdom is fucked because they filmed it with two different Batmans. They had Ben Affleck and they had Michael Keaton. First, Michael Keaton, because he was going to be the Batman from now on. You know, he, was gonna appear at the, he was originally going to appear at the end and then just be Batman going forward in the back. Yeah. Before they did the whole James Gunn reboot thing, he was yeah. going to be the Batman in that Batgirl movie and then in this Aquaman. Yeah, then- so they they kill they kill Batgirl. That they, so they scrapped that film into the heap of history. And then they filmed keaton in aquaman but then they scrapped it but they still need a batman in it so they brought back ben affleck and i'm sorry ben affleck i feel weird saying you know i'm sorry i feel bad for like hollywood movie stars but like i've I've been saying this since the end of Zack snyder's justice league at the end of the movie the part where they film it with martian manhunter if you look at michael keaton he looks i'm sorry if you look at ben affleck he looks really fucking different than he does in the entire film. He looks skinny. He looks old. Like he's just phoning it in. It was shot That's a how... different time of year too, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, they shot it years later. Yeah. Right. There's years later. Right. Yeah. Like he was done with Batman at that point. He filmed that. That's that's Zack Snyder's house. They filmed it on his driveway. He was outside smoking a cigarette. Affleck was when he got that call. You know that the Affleck meme. Yeah. It's like my favorite <laughs> meme in the world. The frustrated I Affleck meme. <laughs> I feel I feel Affleck on an emotional level. So <sighs> like too. not only I think not we only would be friends to be honest in another I, I another world like in a but world like, where he would interact with people like us. But like that uh that scene where he's talking Barry out of going back in time, like he looks so different and not in like a good way. Like he's just given up and they've tried tired. to inflate him. Like <laughs> he looks like just, in the meme when he's smoking, yeah. he looks like over it. He's like, oh, Barry, do you really want to go back in time? <laughs> like like that's that's how I feel. So like I almost think that they should just one, either give Affleck his money because Keaton doesn't give a fuck at this point. Keaton does not give a fuck. No. And um, Affleck, for him to go back and have to redo that, it's like the one thing that was my first thought out of this movie was this should have just been a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie. That's your thought about the Flash movie? <laughs> yeah, it should have just been a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie. They should have well, just, just given Affleck movie, in. That's just, yeah, just they, all, the, all the effort that they put towards this, they should have put towards that. Yeah, oh yeah. No whiny Pattinson give or me any a, of that shit. Just that. Give me an give me an Elseworlds Dark Knight Returns with with fucking Batfleck. I mean, we yeah. kind of got a, a, a taste of that with a uh, BVS, but give me that for real. You know? Yeah. Give me something. Give me anything. Don't give me this. 
Um, yeah, I, so, like, I wanted. Yeah, the, the next two movies are just so doomed. I wanted to like this movie in every way. I really did. I really wanted to like it. Um, and I didn't like it. I, <laughs> my, my initial reaction to your reaction was just like, Remzo's being such a blowhard here. I'm just going to run the counter narrative here. The more I talk about it, the more I think about it. It actually does make me angrier because movies like, like Wonder Woman 1984, it's not a better movie, but I might, re- I might actually rather watch that again if I'm going to pick one because it's not going to make me angry. I, mean, I did get pretty angry watching that movie because I, I spent 30 minutes with, with uh, what's that guy's name? Chris, whatever. I get all these fucking Chris's confused. Chris, Chris Pratt. Chris, Pr- Chris Pine. Chris, Chris Pat. My God. Uh, Chris Pine just learning about the 80s for 30 minutes. I didn't need that. But still, that might... That might entertain me now more than like I can't even imagine rewatching The Flash. That's not even no. that's not even on the table of, of possibilities. You know? At least I could say, like you have been saying for years since this happened, ah, at least I can say Wonder Woman eighty four has galgut over two hours. So you know, yeah. okay, there's that. I mean, even Birds of Prey, like that is not a bad movie. I I, I did good, a Remzo, it's not, it's not yeah bad. like I did a Remzo versus the DCEU episode talking about Birds of Prey. I was like it was kind of irrelevant. I feel like they should have done it on a smaller budget, but like it you know it's smoking aces. It's smoking aces with chicks, and I like smoking aces, and I'm and I like chicks. And I like chicks, so I'll I'll watch this. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that like, works. Yeah, it's, it's like it's not it's not a bad movie. It wasn't like outwardly offensive. It's it's rewatchable. This is not rewatchable. <laughs> No, although honestly, if I if I stumbled upon this review of it from us, uh, and I was a random fan like I was me, if I was me and I was listening to us, I would be intrigued enough by this conversation to go watch it. <laughs> but that's because I'm sick and I'd like I to see feel things. Like they the have, I feel like it has like you know mystery science theater potential to it, or like one of those things where it's like they're doing live commentary during the movie, making fun of it. Like maybe you know, that's that what we stuff. should do. Maybe we, you and I should live mystery science theater, this fucking thing for our patrons. I think we'll get taken down, but well, yeah, it would have to be not, it would have to be in a different format of some kind behind a very big paywall. Yeah. The largest of paywalls. All the right. Largest. So one thing I want to, I want to kind of touch on before we wrap up, we were, th- we were thinking about watching, talking about some other stuff, but I think we're just going to keep it to this topic. Cause I want to, I want to look at the bigger picture here and, what does this tell you about the future of superhero movies? Now, James Gunn has even said he doesn't think there's a, the problem is a glut of superhero movies. He thinks the pro the problem is a gut of, of a glut of movies that are doing the same things over and over and over, um, which like, I, I'm still willing to give James Gunn a chance in the sense that I generally have enjoyed his films. I mean, guardian three is one of the best superhero movies I've seen and all his guardians movies are great. And I love his suicide squad. So I mean I'm 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 certainly willing to give him a chance what he does with the screenwriting and what he does but what I really don't appreciate is this little fucking nerd with the stupid glasses making this video telling me how this movie reboots the fucking universe and sets I don't the stage trust for- him. This movie makes me not trust him even exactly. more. Exactly. Because I trusted him more as a, as a writer and director and hopefully he will still do good work in that realm but now he's a suit and now he has to say corporate things to satisfy corporate people and I don't like that but it's reality, you know? I yeah. So yeah, what do you think this means for like the, the future of the superhero genre? Because I think Marvel <coughs> is seeing the same thing. They're seeing massive, uh, you know, they're already canceling a bunch of Disney Plus projects. They've pushed Echo off like indefinitely. Um, I think, is, do you think their writing is on the wall for the superhero genre in general, at least in the way that we've seen it the last five years where it's like you can't go a month without a new superhero movie? 
Yeah, I mean, I've lost track. I mean, I didn't watch any of the DC HBO shows like Doom Patrol or Titans in the last few seasons. I, I haven't even watched Harley Quinn. I didn't watch. I've done watching Superman and Lois. Like you're talking to a person that like 10 years ago, I would watch everything and I would see it twice. And that's just impossible now. And the quality is so skewed that, um, you know, I, I tend to agree with Chuck Dixon, who went on and basically said that the superhero movie genre is dead. And he got a lot of heat for that for some people. And some people really believe him. And I, I think uh, that's it's the um, interview next. Chuck Dixon, who you and I have absolutely in our previous yeah, lives. We yeah. should absolutely bring him on. We should bring Brett Smith on, too. Yeah. Um, they, they work together on the Clinton Cash graphic novel. Mm-hmm. But like and, and Brett worked at D.C., like Brett was there during the new 52 era. Like Brett actually just had a great interview with a mutual Brian friend of ours, Williams. Brian McWilliams over yeah. on his show, uh, Mean Age Daydream, over on the old Lions of Liberty Network, which used to feature me. Yeah, That's and I think and, and I think and I think Brett also kind of agreed with Chuck that, you know, it's like we're we're in the phase in which like westerns were a thing, and then westerns weren't. And then horror movies and action movies were a thing, and then they kind of go in phases. I, I think I think the superhero genre or i just say the comic book genre as a whole like it needs to pump the brakes because like we you know we used to have comedies like remember comedies like legit comedies and now it's like superhero movies have turned into comedies seth rogan actually said that he's like it's impossible to put out a regular comedy these days and i don't like seth rogan but i agree with that like you don't get that anymore um a lot of really good movies are just not getting any of the marketing budget they're still getting a good amount of budget to make the movie but the marketing budget is all being put towards the superhero stuff. The Last Duel by Ridley Scott came out about a year and a half ago. And that movie had Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck. Like it had a good fucking cast. It was a good fucking story. And I watched that. And I watched it on a whim on, on HBO. And I was like, I'll just watch it. And like The Last Duel was a good fucking movie. And Ridley Scott said it would have done well if it got at least half the budget of any superhero movie. And it's like, I, I get that. Like, I almost wish just good standalone movies were coming out more. And they're still coming out, mostly direct to DVD or streaming these days. But like, they are just getting just sucked down. I would rather have less superhero movies if the quality was better. And that's what it comes down to. It's not about more or less of this. And this is where I agree with James Gunn. If you put out good stuff, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, made me feel like how I used to watch phase one movies in theaters. It was yeah. so refreshingly good. And then you get stuff like across the spider verse, which people could say what they want about Sony. And I've certainly criticized Sony, but across the spider verse is the best animated film that's ever been made. Bar nine. So it's like, if you give not a people- Shrek guy, Remzo. <laughs> um. <laughs> The funny Shrek's a good, it's a good movie. It's a man. good movie, but like animation <laughs> style, like yeah, you I know, know. You um, it's it's just like if you give good shit, you will be rewarded for that. I don't know why people think, oh, if we put good shit out, people won't like it. It's like no, that that really doesn't happen. At least for the big movies, I think the only studio that puts out good original content on a budget is A to A. They do all those like indie horror movies. I saw like the Green Knight a couple years ago. That was really good. It's like, you know, there's room for all these things. But like even if it gains a cult following later and you make more money and like download sales and everything else in box office, like you're still getting your money back. This movie's going to punish them because they're not getting anything back. So I agree with Chuck Dixon. I think that the era in which it's going to be out every single day, there's something brand new and billions of dollars i think that ends 
but I think we get rewarded with better quality movies long term. I hope so. I think the wokeness stuff we've seen it with Disney. Disney Pixar has had five box office bombs. Their recent movie Elementals has made like a few million dollars. The, the Buzz Lightyear fucking bombed. Uh, Strange New Worlds fucking bombed. When Pixar movies can't make money, that's fucked up. And you've got Illumination, which came out with the Despicable Me films and, uh, you know, bad guys and Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers is still one of the most profitable movies of 2023. Hmm. Like, and now they're going to do Legend of Zelda and all this other stuff. I'm hoping for a Metroid movie. Like, people want just good shit. If it's the, it's the next shit. step in the it's the next logical step in nostalgia. Like, all right, we've already, like, uncovered all the comic books that these guys read when they were younger. Because now they're really targeting my generation, like the 40-year-olds who who consumed this stuff 20, 30 years ago, who have money now in theory doesn't necessarily apply to all of us, yeah. uh, but in theory, we all have a ton of money to spend. And so they're going to cater towards us. So now they've exhausted the superhero stuff. So now they're saying, Hey, remember those video games you used to play as a kid? Oh, wait, bonus. Your kid wants to see this too. And it works and it was good. I- I'm, I'm cool. Not, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's smart. I, I think what they're, so maybe it's not just superhero movies. Cause like you said, like this is happening with the Pixar stuff as well. I think it's just I think it's in many ways it's the movie industry overall uh, like a lot of movies. I, I don't think the movie industry is going away, but it's going to change drastically because like movie theaters are not as profitable. And most mo- a lot of movies, especially like what we're seeing in the superhero movies, is that they're not licenses to print money anymore. We can't just make this and everyone's going to go see it. The movie theater sp- experience is not what it used to be. It used to be the place you had to go to see a movie or you weren't going to see it for a, nine months. You were just, we're not, there was no other option. You were not going to see that fucking movie if you didn't see it in those the three or four weeks it was in the theater. Now it's like, all right, A, we had this era where we didn't go to theaters and we started doing, learn, and look, we have nicer TVs now. Like the home experience is totally different than it was 20, 30 years ago. You know, people have these giant TVs, like watching a movie at my house is, yes, it's not, of course, it's not as awesome as being in the theater, but guess what? I can pause, I can go to the fucking bathroom. And I think that the people got a taste of that. It's like you're going to have to really be special to drag me and the whole family to a movie because now, especially with the prices, uh, it drives me crazy when they do break new record, break new record, break new record. It's like, no, your your numbers are going down and cost of tickets are going up. So you're breaking new records because your tickets are so much higher. But if you look at the numbers, way less people are going to the movies, far less and, people. So yeah. I, th- I think the only way to make movies is the, to get, make a profit is to be more selective in these movies. These companies have to realize they can't just make every superhero idea that comes to their mind, vomit it all out and think that they're going to make money on that because that that those days have passed. Yeah. And I mean, just, we've, we've got a few minutes left, but the, we were we're skipping a big factor, a dependence on the Chinese market. Like China is the reason why we have so many fucking Transformers movies for one China. But we we have just basically said it doesn't matter if a movie bombs in the U.S. We have China. And the fact that just by law of averages, enough people will go see it. Well, China is getting sick of American movies. China is producing their own movies. Uh-oh. And, you know, they will just basically say, hey, you know, uh, Black Steel Adam. Steel Man! Welcome, Steel Man! <laughs> Have you seen Wolf Warrior? <laughs> Captain China! What? Have you seen Wolf Warrior? No. Wolf Warrior is an action trilogy. It's basically like the Chinese Rambo. It is one of the best action movies I've seen in a long time. And it is all Chinese communist propaganda, but it's a good fucking movie. Frank Grillo is the bad guy in Wolf Warrior 2, and it is a good movie, but it's 100% Chinese propaganda. 
But that actually outgrossed a majority of the movies that came out internationally in like 2018, 2019. That's saying something. I mean, Black Adam failed because it knew that it would not be a big success in the United States, but it would have done well in China. So when China took out Black Adam from the approval slate the week before it came out, they were aggressively putting money into marketing the week of the release. And that's why they were like, well, you know, we could still make up money here and everything else and balance this out. It's like, no, you lost the Chinese market. Your movie's going to fail. So I think you got to focus on where your strength is. Even Bollywood movies. I'm seeing a lot of Bollywood movies on Netflix. There are a lot of good like Indian action movies I've seen. Like I saw like an Indian Die Hard with my father like months ago. Like that was a good freaking movie. Like Hollywood isn't Hollywood anymore. We need a live action Bollywood version of Pabota Pabarker. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> That's what we need. Uh, all cool. right. Well, Remzo, I think that does it for this week. I think people get the general point that this is not a good film. <laughs> Don't spend money on this movie. Don't spend money. Do it. Do what I did, which I wouldn't encourage anyone to do. And I don't even know what that thing is. But if you can figure it Whatever out, it is. Um, yeah, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't cost me much. Um, that being said, you know, is there anything you're looking forward to on the horizon Be- besides, you know, we know the d- deal with modern comics. But- I I am going to go watch Barbie and Oppenheimer back to back in July. <laughs> that sounds like a double feature to me. Yeah. That is that was a deal with my wife. We'll go see Barbie and then we will go watch Oppenheimer. I might make the same deal because my wife wants to see Barbie. And honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing it either. Yeah. Me either. I mean, it looks it looks fun. A couple gummies or something, it'll be a good time. (laughs) It's got it's got Will Ferrell. That's all I need. It's got Margot Robbie. There you go. What more do we need? Even Ryan Gosling looks hilarious. They're already offering me a lot more than the Flash offered me. So yeah. Yeah. So Barbie and Oppenheimer back to back. All right, well, next it. week we shall be returning with an episode featuring our one of our Kirby Club producers who's going to send us on a little journey of his own next week. And, of course, you, too, can be a producer of this program. You can join our Patreon at the Kirby Club level, which I believe is, what, 50 bucks a month? I'm so bad. Bucks a month. I'm the worst promoter in the world. I don't even know what our price our, is. I don't know. Go go check it out, all right? We put it on a website for a reason because I don't want to have to remember it. The point is patreon.com slash secondprintpod. You can be a producer of the show. You can get free hardcovers sent to you uh, every few months by Ramzo and I. Uh, you can jump in the fan zone, become our friends, or at least we'll pretend we like you. I mean, there's really Some just Some of no, you are no tolerable. Limits. Yeah, well, if you're tolerable, we'll pretend to like you. That, that's our, that's the SBC promise. Uh, Remzo, would you like to sign us off? You're better. Folks, as always, it's short, it's sweet, it's simple. Name your firstborn child, your dog, and your car after this long, long, lovely phrase. It's read comics and change, and change the, the world. world. Good night, America. Adios.